0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2301. Today we're going racing, so buckle up and be prepared to be inspired.
1: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews
0: with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is a cool place to be with somebody who's into cars, because we all know about Hershey and the swap meets and the fall events they have. My special guest of the day is named Cord Kist- Kistart. Very challenging last name. I'm getting better at it. Kistart Cord. Welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Well, for sure. Hopefully I didn't butcher that name too badly. Now, before I give you an introduction and we talk about the racing world that you're having fun in, what's one little thing that people don't know about you, Cord? Most people don't
1: know that I actually took a break from racing for four years and I shot competitively uh, sporting clays and trap.
0: How fun.
1: So, Jackie Stewart, the Formula One world champion, he actually was a ski shooter prior to going into motorsports. And one day he was up at the Glen and we were racing all the time and getting burnt out by racing. And he actually suggested trying, you know, the shotgun sports. And we had a blast doing it. So we took four years off of racing and just kind of reset and uh, shot a lot. But, yeah, most people don't actually realize that I had that four-year period in my life that we didn't race.
0: We had a blast. Nightly, Nicely done, my friend. That was pretty good. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, when I moved up here 29 years ago, my next door neighbor has a. Uh, he likes to collect old English shotguns, some really nice stuff. I mean, it's just works of art, really. And he took me to the range and I, yeah, I fell in love with it. So I bought some shotguns, got my son into it. And I haven't done it in a long time. I need to do it some more. We, we go to the range and shoot, but I haven't been in doing that. I liked Five Stand. That was one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, yep. Five Stand was great. They had Fee Hask in the sporting clays which is where you had to hold the butt of the shotgun down nine inches, and then you couldn't raise it until you saw the, the clay bird. But we shot sporting clays with the NSCA for two years, and I was an All-American two times for that. And then for TRAP, which was ATA, uh, I was an All-American three times for that, which is the top 30 in the country.
0: Wow. Well, I got to get back to Hershey and have you give me some lessons because I never came close to that kind of uh, level of talent. But it's a really fun thing to do. I really enjoy it, and I, I should really get back into it. My neighbor, again, the same guy. He's got a ranch out east, but it's a long drive, and we could go out there and shoot. But it's you know, it's like a five-hour drive. I've got a gun range; that's five minutes from my house, so that's a little bit more more
1: Yeah, very good. Good too because you know it keeps your hand-eye coordination. It, it's kind of you're not really losing all that much by shooting it doesn't you know hurt anything same thing as if you play tennis or you know whatever it's all about hand eye coordination especially with the racing so
0: very cool. Well, let me introduce you here. Uh, Cord Kistart is a racer who has been immersed in the automotive world throughout his life. His racing career includes many types of motorsports, including quarter midgets, micro sprints, sprint cars, and sports cars. And today, he's racing Corvettes in the SCCA Hoosier Tire Super Tour SVRA, HSR, and VRG. And we'll learn about him getting into a little vintage racing here as well. Cord grew up around the vintage cars, particularly Ferraris, and continues to be involved in automotive related activities and he likes to shoot so that's pretty cool too we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little listen they keep the fuel in the tanks and we'll be right back years ago when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy my carrier's rates went up 9324 and protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Want to hear something crazy? Veterans work on billions of dollars of vehicles, planes, and engines while deployed, but they can't touch our car until they've obtained a certification and training requirements for employment back here at home. That's crazy. TechForce Foundation Military Transition Fund provides scholarships and grants so our veterans can transition to great careers following their service for this great country. Support TechForce. Support TechForce a charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, and its workforce development efforts for our veterans by donating at techforce.org today. So Cord, uh, let's talk a little bit about this racing passion you have and maybe go back in time because it sounds like this has been a big part of your life since you were little, perhaps. Uh, Was it your parents or a family member that got you into cars?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so it was my father. Actually, he was involved in cart back in the eighties. Once I was born, it was pretty much I was born to race. Right, I always was in a car. Not a blood uncle, but uh, Oscar Kowaleski was big with Kid Racer and getting kids involved in motorsports. So, Uncle Oscar had me in a car when I was in Kid Racer, I should say, when I was one and a half. I did that until I was four.
0: Well, well, well. Wait a minute. Did you say one and a half?
1: Yeah. I have a picture. The first time
0: I ever drove one in a race, uh, was one and a half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, now I've had some racers on the show. In fact, my youngest guest, I think was 12 and he raced go-karts and wanted to get into the you know next level kind of progression. But yep. you hold a record here on cars. Yeah. One, yeah. one and a half. I mean, yeah. I think my grandson was just here. He's one and a half and I have a little pedal car for him. I mean, his feet don't even reach the pedal. So what the heck were you sitting in?
1: Uh, So a kid racer, I don't know if you've ever seen one, but it's a, a little electric car that's based off of, it's basically a shrunken down, you know, Indy car from back in the early 2000s. And it's a electric power. It has two speeds and you sit on top of the batteries. So that's what I grew up learning how to drive. There'd be, you know, Uncle Oscar used to go around to different tracks and it was for, you know, drivers, kids to occupy them while their parents raced. But, you know, when we weren't doing that, it was in my parents' driveway, just, you know, every day. I would watch mall with Steve McQueen, and then I'd go out and, uh, you know, pull around in the driveway. But
0: Wow. Well, you got a record here then. That is pretty amazing. So you, your uncle got you into cars, you started driving and so forth. And tell me a little bit about the progression through the different kinds of cars that you raced.
1: Yeah, so we, uh, we started with, like I say, Kid Racer, I don't really say that was racing because it wasn't really sanctioned and or but with quarter midgets we went with QMA which was a USAC uh, sanctioning body and we had an option when I was four what we wanted to do so we could have went karting path or we could go you know quarter midgets and we ultimately decided quarter midgets because one safety aspect with having a cage all around you actual seat belts but additionally you have a suspension and a quarter midget so setting up the car I would learn a lot more about setup in the quarter midget than I would with the weight distribution in the cart. So we did quarter midget racing from four to nine. We had a new chassis every single year. Quarter midgets you can run on dirt and on asphalt. We did a little bit of pavement racing, but not that much. Primarily it was on dirt, which was great for, you know, again, set up, car control, Exactly. Um, and then when I turned nine, we got a micro sprint, which originally was a 250cc. You're technically supposed to be 16 to race them, but we found a track in Delaware, which was like five hours away that let me race and just, you know, didn't care about my age. And then wound up finally when I was 12 coming to PA because central Pennsylvania is big for dirt racing. So did micros, sprint cars. And then took the break for, you know, shooting for the four years, which was into, it was like my mid high school into early college. And then I, when I got out of college, I said I wanted to go sports car racing because, you know, that was really where my passion always was. I'm a huge fan of Lamar. Same thing with like 24 hours Daytona. Anything that's an endurance race that has, you know, prototypes and sports cars, like that's what I always wanted to do is road racing. So we got a Corvette and decided that we were going to go race with SCCA. Actually, a lot. first we uh, we started racing with EMRA, um, which is actually the oldest road racing connection body in the United States. On two national championships with EMRA, and then we decided to go to SCCA with the Vujia Tire Super Tour. Between that and just hopping in other cars, like that's kind of where I've been the past couple of years. But that was ultimately like my end goal was always getting to sports cars somehow. It all lined up. Thankfully, my dad was good with letting me actually do that. And it's not just with SCCA, we ran SVRA, HSR. We're planning on doing some VRG stuff this year as well. I want to, they actually, for HSR, they have a six hour at Watkins Glen, which is going to be their inaugural six hour at the Glen for life, the Historics. So the car that we just bought ran the 24 hours Daytona, the 12C, and six at the Glen back in the mid seventies. So I think it would be cool to go with HSR to those tracks and do, you know, the historic, you know, Enduros with the car. Oh just yeah. Just get back with it but also trying not to lose sight of we have a new T1 Corvette that I don't want to stop racing either. So it's trying to do a balancing act with that, and then I test in a bunch of Ferrari Challenge cars as well. So like from spring to fall, it's packed with racing.
0: Yeah, you just don't know how to have fun, do you? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. You know, yesterday's guest on the show was Steve uh, Bartolotti, who's the general manager of FAF Motorsports. And of course oh, yes. they just yeah, came yeah. they their team just came off a nice win at the Sebring of uh, twelve yeah. hours. They pulled a rabbit out of their hat there with uh, uh you know, yeah. these endurance races. I love endurance racing because there's all this ideas of how you're gonna and how you're gonna win and then everything changes every minute. So goes out the door. Yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well they won the championship uh for Emsa For the GTD, I think it was last year. It might have been the year prior, but I believe it was last year. That car is always competitive. That's a really good team.
0: They are. and I love the paint uh, scheme they put on that car. Yeah, the Plaid. The Plaid was just really fantastic. You know, this racing thing that that you're doing then, what is your favorite aspect of racing? Because especially when you add in Uh, Endurance racing, there's an entirely different thought process versus oval racing or any of the other racing you've done. And sports car racing is cool because to me, it's the closest thing to what those of us mere mortals can drive on the streets. And then something, I know they're very different, but you feel like you're kind of in the same car. It looks looks the way, right? It looks kind of the same. Yeah, a little bit. I've never been fortunate enough to drive a car like that. It's not the same, but it's
1: at least like visually there? I would say, you know, that's actually a really good question. The competitive nature in me says that the competition, and you know, being quicker or knowing that I can do something a little bit faster than somebody else or a little bit better is what probably my favorite part. But additionally, like, I'm very lucky to be able to drive a lot of different kind of cars. So what's unique about every single thing, right? So like a 488 GT3 is a lot easier to drive than an old 355 Challenge car with a gated shifter, right? Same thing with like the T1 car is going to be a lot easier to drive than the old IMSA Camel GT Corvette that has no ABS, no TC, bias ply tires, you don't have AP racing, six piston calipers up front. You know, it's just being able to hop out and get into a car and know that you can push it to its limit and still be safe. I think is something that, you know, I definitely like and enjoy. And obviously the opportunities to hop in and get to drive some of these cars and experience that for myself is definitely, you know, one of my favorite parts about racing to this day.
0: For sure. If I could uh, be your benefactor and put you in any race car, what would it be? Current or? Current. Yeah. Current racing.
1: Yeah. Uh it'd be a two ninety six G T three. I would love to run the IMSA series, uh with you know, the new Ferrari G T three car, but that's always been a goal of mine, especially with you know twenty four hours Daytona, twelve season. They have the the Michelin endurance cup, like I think that's a a very cool championship to itself. And obviously being on the East Coast, like the six hours of the Glen being, you know, Watkins Glen for all intents and purposes is my home track. So being able to go up there and like, if I could run six hours, it, that would be you know, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think so. Nice choice there. Yeah, I like to ask people about driving inspirations, a bit of a pun there, but it really is more about influential people, mentors in your life, people yeah. that have really helped you along the way. Is there somebody that stands out for you?
1: I would say, you know, there's probably two people, right? So one being my father, you know, I, I look up to my dad very much you know we even talked about the office like my office is very reflective of my father's office that I always aspired to be like and I'd say a lot of things that I I'm a very goal oriented person and a lot of that comes from learning that from my dad and a lot of goals that I have are goals that he had accomplished I just try and do them a little bit quicker in life and then, you know, secondly, obviously with uh, Oscar Kowalewski, he always was just there for me and provided me all kinds of advice, especially about like just doing what was best for you, whether that affected anybody else or made anybody else happy, and actually going after what you wanted, right? Because he always said, you uh, say there's always three types of people people that watch things happen. People that wonder what happened, and people that make things happen, which is very accurate. But he always, you know, wanted to be and wanted me to be the person that made the things happen. So, and that's kind of something that I definitely live my life by. Even though I used to hate when he said that, but uh, it's it's a good quote. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm like, wow, that's very accurate statement.
0: Now you understand it. You know, I'll tell you, listeners. I'm sitting here uh, with Cord, and he's sitting in a room that is just. Looks a little bit like a museum almost. I mean, the beautiful wood bookcases, the helmets, the, the car models, the books and everything. Yeah, he, he's sitting in, in an environment that is just spectacular, that instills kind of old world with new world and racing and cars so uh yeah beautiful beautiful place you have you know challenges uh, the challenge question i ask everybody is a little bit silly for race car drivers because there are so many challenges trying to go down this path i mean there's so many things blocking your way but is there one that stands out that you encountered that looking back although it was difficult taught you a really valuable lesson
1: Yeah, we obviously have bad seasons right like that's- <laughs> yeah that it works and i would say even though it was pretty recent 2021 we decided that we were going to start working on our own car and doing all the service in-house at our shop and it seemed like nothing went right that year even though we were doing everything good we broke gearbox the first race of the year snapped an input shaft the next race tore up a torque tube and drive shaft And then we had a steering rack go. Like it just the whole year was everything, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those deals where it was definitely difficult because it seemed like every race I'd have a great quality lap and then it would come to the race and we'd have to retire the car. But just not giving up and that sounds corny, but you know, we had a a phenomenal race up the Glen towards the end of the year and then twenty twenty two nothing happened to the car, thankfully. So it was one of those deals where it was just you work through it and there's not much you can do about it other than just make sure that everything's right before you get to the track and hopefully nothing happens, but it's kind of out of your control with random failures like that. And just not beating yourself up on something that isn't in your control, right? It would be very easy to be like, well, you know, this happened, that happened, we should just give up on the season or get a new car or do whatever, but having the same car and just really spending the time going through and making sure that everything was good for the uh, future races. We, we had stuff like that, you know, in sprint cars, engines last 10 races, and then you have to rebuild them. So you go through a lot of engines. I remember the, the one season I blew up 19 engines in a year. And yeah, it was, it was one of those deals where it was getting to the point where Dad was sitting down being like, we blow another engine, I don't know if we're doing any more races this year, but... You know, since I was a lot younger, I don't think that necessarily stuck as much with me as the 2021 season. Um, just, and especially doing the work ourselves, like that was really the first year we were like, we're doing everything in house. We're not sending it out. We're not doing anything. Like this is just going to be, you know, us in the shop and doesn't matter how long it takes, we're going to. Fix
0: the car so. Uh yeah, understand that little bit of vintage racing I did. I had one weekend at the old Sears Point and uh was racing two cars and blew up two engines and yeah, I came back oh. from that. <laughs> my wife, I said uh, about the trip to Hawaii we are supposed to be taking. We may not be doing that and she just went, "Excuse me?" So uh yeah, yeah it, it's expensive and you get to the level you're at, it's an entirely different world. I mean, my little level was not that much, but it made a big impact in yeah, it's tough. You know, you you mentioned the word never give up. And I was wondering when you were going to say that in our talk, because virtually every racer, out of probably 400 plus racers I've interviewed now, those words come up. Uh, those immortal words, never, ever give up Winston Churchill. And you just can't because it's just constant. It It's like sports. You know, what is sports? But you think about great athletes who keep having tough times, defeats, injuries, and they, you just can't give up because then you don't become great. So uh, glad you stuck to it there. You know, i like to talk a little bit about Bucket List, and you have yep. talked a little bit about some of it, but what does your racing season look like this year? What are you going to be doing?
1: So we're starting off doing a bunch of testing in April here, you know, coming up in a couple of days. Especially, like I said, we got a new vintage race car, which was a X Camel GT Corvette. I don't have any seat time in it, so we're really going to be testing a lot. In addition to that, I'm going up to the Glen testing some Ferrari Challenge cars, and then we're getting into the race season start May. We opted to not run the SCCA majors this year because the T1 car, they have a BOP and it's not really working out well for Corvettes. So we decided we were just going to stick with you know vintage racing and then uh, do the huge Tire Super Tour as well. The different sanctioning bodies, like I said, I want to run, uh, we're going to start off with VRG at the Jefferson 500, and then I want to run HSR, the uh, Six Hours of the Glen, and then additionally with HSR, I want to run the Classic 24 again, and then SVRA as well. Uh, we're going to run the T1 car with SVRA just because the car was competitive and we had a great weekend last year doing it, so might as well have another you know, great couple weekends. If you're going to throw away your money, you might as well have a, a smile
0: on <laughs> your face. You're not throwing away money. You're just enjoying life. That's what it's all about. You know, I mean, who wants to die with a whole bunch of money in the bank? You got to have fun. So I I think that's tremendous. I've got to ask you this question being a young person and then adding the complexities of racing about the EV world. I wonder what your impressions are about the future of racing when it comes to electric vehicles. What are your thoughts?
1: So, I'm not a huge proponent of EVs. I think at this moment, I'm not saying that in the future they don't have a place. But, you know, we were talking about Paul Hershey, started this, and I went to the auction. It's only about two miles away from our house. I uh, went down to the auction maybe five years ago, and they had an electric vehicle from, I think it was 1897, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy to think about how long they've been trying to work electric vehicles. You know, you look at Formula E, and do you think electric has a place in motorsports? You'd be foolish to say that it doesn't. I don't know if it's going to gain the kind of traction that obviously having, you know, a huge V8 uh, rumbling, you know, down the, the track where you have screaming V12 or, you know, one of the Porsche flat sixes coming. Regardless, I think it does have a place in motorsports. I think the key of contemporary motorsports is trying to advance and see you know what technologically you can do for the future and you even see it with the the gtp cars in so now you know they have the electric motors when they're coming down pit lane and exiting pit lane so i think it's something that's here to stay it's not something that i'm necessarily very passionate about but i have to adapt with the, the times and you know that seems to be the way that Motorsports is going. I will say for vintage racing, definitely not trying to do anything EV yeah. in the, the future, but uh, we'll see what happens. It, it seems you know Formula E through all the iterations as well. Like they, they've gained quite a following, and they have tons of phenomenal drivers that go to race Formula E. So I think racers are racers, and they're gonna get in a car and race whether electric or uh, gas powered.
0: So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, this could be a street car, or maybe it's a race car that the first time you got in, you went, wow, I'm here. This is pretty darn cool. Is there, is there one car that stands out that you can talk about?
1: From a coolness perspective, I, I really want to say that the, the 488 GT3 was the coolest thing I've ever been in, but I honestly think that it would get beaten out. So last year, I was lucky enough to go out and... Uh, one of our friends has a 365 GT BB, uh, which is a Berlinetta Boxer. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, the NART car, number 111, it ran Lamar, Mans, it ran Sebring, it ran, you ran know, all the big races. It was cool to get in something that was you know so analog. It, it's almost indescribable, like, the power that it had and just the sounds that it made. You don't get that out of a modern car. And... Obviously, being off the line with the blue arm alongside of you, like, I think that was probably one of the coolest things that I've ever done. And that car by far stands out to me.
0: That's a 75, I think? Yeah. Right. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I, I, I'm wondering, I saw, a. am not sure if it was that car or not. I'm trying to remember, like, that, you know if that car's ever run at the Cavalino event, the racing they have before?
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it has because Bobby Coates is the, the owner of the car.
0: Yeah, okay, same car. Yeah, that's the car I know about. Yeah, pretty cool. You hear that thing come down the path. The track's like, ee- it's like an F1 car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love it. So I'm a certified car psychologist. I, I made, made that up, but uh, you know, <laughs> do whatever I want. It's my show. And so I'm going to crawl into your skull here and ask you a unique question. If you were manifest, reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? You
1: know, my first answer was going to be a Porsche 917. Because okay. that's my favorite car, right? And then I thought about it and I was like, that's not really an honest answer. Just because it's my favorite car doesn't mean the best.
0: That's you, who you are, yeah.
1: So I really, I, I thought about this for hours last night.
0: Good, uh, <laughs> I kept you awake. You were cramming work. for the test today, that's good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I think that a old Coyote, a kind of prototype Corvette would be what I would resonate with. And, you know, the reason being is they were... Very quick cars, but they're dependable. They're reliable cars. They always got the job done. One of our friends had one that was the old Spirit of Florida car. And like I said, it was just a workhorse. I feel like, you know, not only in racing, but in my professional life, uh, in my personal life, like I'm always going to be there when needed, which is why, you know. And additionally, you know, obviously I'm American. So what's more American than a uh, Hendrick V8 in the back? (laughs) <laughs> but rumbling around but yeah that's uh personally what i'm kind of following on
0: right now okay but. well it kind of makes sense you know I, I was watching a video where they were comparing uh it was straight line speeds the uh corvette e-ray yeah uh with ferrari f8 lamborghini Huracan, and then the corvette z08 is a zero Is that be the z08 the new yeah the new kind of supercar streetcar yeah, it's a Z06. Yeah, Z06. yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they have a Z07
1: package for
0: it. Z06, that's the one. Yeah, Z07 package. And just how amazingly fast. The E-Ray was just insane. I mean, it even blew the Ferrari away, which that turbocharged Ferrari was like, whoa. My goodness! Now I, the Ferrari might have caught it eventually, but um, yeah, the speeds those things are. But yeah, the old Coyote—that—that's interesting answer. But I—I kind of get that with your love for old and new and vintage yeah. and racing, and you know the fact you've driven Corvettes. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad you glad you stayed up and thought about being honest with that answer because the easy answer is what you like, but it's not who you really are. So if you want what I like,
1: Porsche nine seventeen, favorite car ever. I well, think, uh, that's uh, probably a lot of people's answers, but. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of those up here in the Pacific Northwest. And of course, you go down to Bruce Canopy's shop. I uh, went oh, yeah. the
1: Houston museum when went out to LA and I probably stared at the, you know, Golf number two core for probably two hours, didn't move.
0: Yeah, 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 some pretty cool stuff. How about a great book that you could share with us today that you've enjoyed?
1: So that's another one that I was thinking about. Obviously, you can see a bunch of books here. Yeah. I started reading a Nikki Laddard Well, I didn't start. I finished reading a Nicky Ladder book in about two days. Uh, and it was actually an autobiography on himself. It was called Hell and Back. And it was one of my favorite, most engaging books that I've read to date. Reason being is it went through, uh, you know, obviously his distinguished, you know, Formula One career, but in addition, like he tried to start his own airline, like it went into his personal life and back to the whole drive to survive conversation. Like it kind of gave you some insight into who he was outside of racing without the suit and the helmet on. And you also, it being an autobiography, saw it through his own eyes. As to what it was, so I found that to be a very interesting book. And Nicky Lauda, obviously, with all the Formula One championships that he had, and obviously running for Ferrari for so many years, somebody that I would look up to, and I'm very interested to to read about. So that was that was definitely a book that I liked.
0: Yeah, Lauda. Yeah, one of those superstars. I mean, that those top, top, probably top. 10 maybe even top five f1 drivers you know of all time and and what he did and who he was and just the kind of guy that he was was pretty amazing and then yeah, to go out and do an airline and i mean all the different things he did in his life so uh great book great recommendation so today i'm going to be an enabler i'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive now this could be the ultimate race too so you can pick between going for a drive somewhere or racing any car any place but here's the key, if you've got a, a co-pilot with you, maybe it's an endurance race and you could put a seat in there, or it's a dice drive through some hillside somewhere or coast. Could be anybody in the world, even somebody who's no longer with us. So what does the ultimate drive look like or ultimate race look like for you?
1: So throwing in with the, the, the passenger seat, my original answer before you said that was gonna be, you know, the the Le Mans classic in nine seventeen. But honestly, I would take my father to the okay, and a, I'm trying to think, 312 PB, yeah, Ferrari 312 PB, Tardifloria. I think that would be, uh, neither one of us would hear each other, obviously, yeah. but I think it's something that both of us would love, and obviously they have a bunch of vintage rallies now, um, and that's something that we've been talking about doing for the past couple of years, so doing that, if I could, hypothetically, that would probably be my dream uh, scenario, and that's also close second uh, favorite race car. So, And there's a passenger seat because they had to have, well, technically there's a seat. I, I don't know if it's very comfortable, but Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, insane car. Yeah, you definitely have to have, well, you'd have helmets on anyway, but have mics in there so you could, you know, hear each other. But yeah. yeah, I don't, gosh, I don't know if I could be a passenger in that car with somebody else driving. That'd be a little too crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe you could each jump in that thing and do laps. Targa Florio, I mean, you know, there you go. I mean, that would be pretty cool. And you think about some of the cars that ran that thing and some some of the insane, even the, the old Porsches, of course, and pretty cool stuff and
1: Alpha T 33s and then obviously the three twelves and that was just such a cool time period. And like, you know, a lot of times I'll look at old YouTube videos of, you know, Targa Florio back in the the late sixties, early seventies, and it's just insane what they would do on for all, all intents and purposes public roads in race cars it's just incredible definitely not something that's going to happen anytime soon with uh safety wise
0: but yeah you know i had Vic elford before we lost him as a guest on the show and he was uh, a speaker at a porsche event i think it was a porsche parade that i went to and he was talking about participating in that race and i believe it was ai uh, i don't remember the year but he had a problem with the car and it it crashed or something broke and he was sitting out in the middle of nowhere, like waiting for someone to come and get him. And at the end of the race, they just figured, well, something happened to him. He'll come here. And so the team went off and went to have dinner and he finally got a ride back and he goes, where the heck is everybody? And he went to the restaurant and he goes, what are you guys doing? You left me sitting out in the middle of nowhere. You know, <laughs> They're like, Oh, sorry, Vic. You know, I, You know, we figured you'd find your way home. But you you think about that in those days, how just raw that whole thing was. And it's pretty much unreal. But he also talked about doing test runs and you didn't want to run too close to the curbs because there were lots of horseshoes in the curves with the nails still in them. And the horses that were that were still being used to pull carts and stuff would lose their shoes, and the people would brush them off to the curb. So he goes, when you go around corners, you never wanted to be close too close to the edge of the road because there might be a horseshoe with nails in it. So think about that; it's crazy, huh?
1: Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I did not. I, I knew that you know they hit wildlife all the time, especially like you know on test and whatnot, but. That's I've never heard that. That's
0: yeah, pretty crazy. Well, you've taken us on a, on a really fun ride today, Cord, and I appreciate you. Not to mention that you now I got to ask this: Cord has a relationship to a tire? Is that a family name, or is that your dad having some fun with car? His passion for cars.
1: Cars, yeah. So you know, obviously, Cord uh, being with the Auburn Deuceberg and, and Cord, um, and then my middle name is Bentley. So, oh my <laughs> uh, gosh! Yeah, I was born in cars.
0: <laughs> well, gee whiz. Yeah, I think you're destined. Motor oil in the veins, as they say, and the DNA. Before I let you go today, could you share some parting words of inspiration for us?
1: Like I said before, never give up and uh, persevere and try and take charge and be the person that makes things happen. I appreciate it for having me on the show, and this was a fantastic time.
0: Well, it's really fun. How can people follow you?
1: So I have an Instagram at cord to start. And then other than that, anybody has anything coaching-wise, they can reach me by email, which is gr44xjs at gmail.com.
0: Cool. I'll make sure I put links to these on Cord's show notes page. His last name, rather unique, K-I-S-T-H-A-R-D-T. Say that three times fast start. Try not to think about it is what he told me at the beginning of this. Cord, you'll find him very easily. He's the only Cord here on Cars yeah, so you can go to the Cars yeah website, click on the uh, search bar, and his show will pop right up in his show notes page and links to those, but he should be easy to find out there. Cord, thanks for spending some uh, really fun time with me today, taking me on a few laps. This has been great. Until I see you again, I'll see you Somewhere down a road or probably at a racetrack. Yep, sounds good. Hopefully, you come to Hershey, too. I need to get back there, yeah, and go to that swap meet. Uh, Spent uh, a couple days in the mud looking at a lot of (laughs) cars long, long ago. I'll have to come back and join you. That'll be great. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up.